Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's 1234 in Edmonton. Yes, uh, we open up with ACDC's Thunderstruck to start today's show. Reminded me of the halcyon days of yore when teams flew commercially and stayed overnight in the cities that they were in. And in Edmonton, that meant they ended up at places like Barry Tees, Goose Loonies, Club Malibu, the Thunderdome. And uh, that's part of the reason why we opened up with uh, Thunderstruck. Brian Lawton's going to join us momentarily. He's our headliner today for Touchback Safety. Your safety's their goal. Discover your safety training solutions at touchbacksafety.com. And uh, I, I'm going to be really intrigued to see because Brian's a pretty eclectic guy, and I, I, like maybe we're looking at Manhattan Transfer or something for a song that got him uh, on the uh, dance floor uh, back in the day. Uh, but without further ado, and I've not had the chance to do an interview here with Brian over the last month or so because of uh, Christmas Day and New Year's Day, and then last week we were flying from uh, Toronto to Montreal. We welcome back to the show, Mr. Lawton. Brian, how are you? Doing great, Bob. How are you? Gotten through it, my man. Gotten through it. Um, right. Did you have a, just before we get to the serious stuff that is hockey, uh, did you have a song or two that used to get you rocking back in the day and get you on the dance floor? Back in the day. Yeah, you know, I always liked kind of, there was a few Billy Idol songs I thought were uh, pretty darn good back in the day. Back in the day? Little Rebel I, Yell? I can say, yes, exactly. Um White Wedding, you name it. There was a few, but today I'm more of a country fan. Anything yeah. Kenny Chesney, that kind of kind of gets me rocking in today's world. All right. Well, uh, Brendan, we'll see if we can look up some Kenny Chesney here for you to, to close out the interview in about 12 minutes' time. Just, just uh, there's, who's, who's the former uh, the football quarterback? The guy that was like a NCAA football quarterback that's a country star now. And he's uh, some of them. I think it's Sam Hunt. It is Sam Hunt. Well done. There you go. <laughs> Yeah. He's, yeah. yeah, I'm a big country fan. There you go. Uh, you can shoot us a text on our Ashley Fine Floors text line at 780-496-0063 as we continue down the theme. Uh, part of the re- We've had lots to talk about in Edmonton, obviously, uh, over the last couple of days involving Matthew Kachuk and Zach Cassian. This was a topic last year as well. The game has changed and evolved. Um, when... 
you know, I, I think back to Claude. Did you uh, did you ever play with Claude Lemieux along the way? Never played with him, just against him. Just against him, because there yeah. were tur- there were times that he wouldn't turtle and he would actually fight, and he was more than competent at doing it when he decided to actually check him down. But he was an antagonist. Matt Barnaby was an antagonist, and Matt would punch above his weight class when he decided to fight. Other times he would try to induce the call. What was your take on that whole situation that occurred between Cassian and Kachuk on Saturday night? Well, for, for me, when I played, Claude was he was kind of an in-between guy because he would instigate and then he wouldn't always fight. But he did fight sometimes. The guys that did it constantly but didn't fight much, and Oilers fans will remember Kenny Lindsman, of course. Yep. Keith Acton, who was a teammate of mine uh, for a good portion of my career. Those are the guys that uh, they had it down to a science. They would never stop talking. They would never back down. But they never got the gloves off either. Those guys were really. Those guys are both really small guys. Like you know, Lensman, Lensman, and Acton were both like five foot nine, right? Like they were not. They're not. They were not. They they were not big guys. They were skaters. They played hard. They stirred the pot. Uh, I never felt like I could do anything stupid and not have to answer the bell to somebody. Yeah. And I was by no stretch of the imagination a killer, but that's just the way it was. There was nowhere to hide. Uh, what happened the other day would have continued on uh, for a very long time. Yeah. Do you... So it is It is significantly different today. And a part of me doesn't like it. And a part of me says, you know, I thought it was crazy when I played a lot of times. Really? You know, some of the th- yeah, some of the things I saw I thought were, you know, Mess was is a friend of mine to this day and, you know, the sucker punch on Jamie McCollin, things like that. I was like, "Wow. That's incredibly insane." Well, Mark Messier today probably would have had at least I would think 6 to 8 10 plus game suspensions based on yes. how he played and some of the stuff that he did on the ice. Right. I mean, he was one yeah. of It's funny because the one guy he would never fight was Ken Danico because Ken Danico grew up with the Messier family, and and he credits them with getting him to the NHL and helping him get the career. But there was like a detente between those players, like, you know, because Bookham Danico was pretty tough, as you know. And Mark, when he decided to, I mean, he had those fast hands, so he he could hurt you when he got going. So... Oh, yeah. Mark, Mark could throw him. And Dano talks about that to this day as I work with him at NHL Network. Uh, but he was as, you know, he would fight anybody, Ken Danico. Not as big as you think. Big guy, but not as big as you think. We're joined by uh, Brian Lott and Bob Stoffer with you. Brian with the NHL Network, former general manager, Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, total lead uh, agent for Octagon. All right. So the league gave Cassian a two game suspension which I found interesting since Game 3 was against Calgary. I actually thought, Brian, and I said this to our people in our organization, I thought that Cass was going to get three and or five games because I thought they were going to make him miss the games against Calgary. And instead, they only gave him a two-game suspension. What do you think of the suspension? That part is very interesting because I happen to agree with you and he had a part of me that would only be guessing, says George Peros, he was just fine with two games. <laughs> And maybe for the exact reason that we thought he would get an extra game or maybe three, because that would have blocked him out of a couple games against Calgary. 
but ultimately he didn't. And uh, who knows what that means? You know, George is very professional about his job. Uh, I'm sure he he looked at what the comparables were out there, and that's how he came up with it. But uh, I always have a sinister view of that one, and it's it's not to. I'm not saying anybody's promoting violence, but I, I am saying that if there ever was a guy that understood the law of the jungle, it was George Barrows. Is that part of the reason why he's in that position? I think so. I think it gives him some credibility. Uh, George is a friend. He has an incredibly difficult job. Everybody's constantly on you. Uh, it doesn't matter what your decisions are. You always upset somebody. Uh, it's not a fun job. It's not a job you're going to do really a long time, in my opinion, in the NHL. It burns everybody up. Um, George, I think, does a very good job. Um, he does a nice job of separating things, of trying to be more agnostic, and um, it just doesn't please everybody. So, you know, there's always somebody that's unhappy. Milan Lucic has spoken today, and they've said, look, we've got his back with Kachuk. I wonder in that situation, well, I don't really wonder because i got a pretty good idea. What gets said internally in the room, Brian, after something like that happens? Do you think anything like, yes, Kachuk induced the call. They scored the winning goal on the power play. But do you think there might be somebody in that room that says, you know, Matthew, at some point you're going to have to square up with this guy if you're going to run around like that? I think so. I think uh, a guy like Milan Lucic would He's got to be a consummate pro. Everybody in Edmonton knows that. He's going to do his job, and these guys are like soldiers. They're going to do what they have to do under extreme pressure. And I have no doubt that Calgary will back Kachuk, but I also have no doubt that it doesn't sit that well with everybody on their team. You're not going to hear that. You shouldn't hear that. Right. Um, but that that even seemed evident to me watching and rewatching the clips of what transpired between Kachuk and Cassian. Is that because people were a little slow to jump into his defense on behalf of his team? Mm, some people I thought were slow. Some people I thought were fast to go the other way. <laughs> Personally, when I rewatched it, I'm not going to name names. I don't think they were doing it uh, because they were afraid or anything like that. I think they were doing it because not everybody agrees with uh, what happened. Yeah, watching and, a guy race. Yeah, race. I, I think. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, watching a guy race in and blow a guy up, and then turtle when the guy sits there and tries to square up with you. Yeah, I mean, that's just, uh, it's, it's foreign. Now, I don't know about you, but I wouldn't want to fight Zach Cassian. <laughs> I can't imagine too many folks would. Uh, at the same time, I probably wouldn't have gone around looking to drill them every chance I got. Was there a guy? Maybe that's why. Yeah. 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 Was there a guy, Brian, sorry for interrupting, my apologies. Was there a guy when you played that you had to have your your head on a swivel all the time because he would he would take shots at guys every chance he could physically to bury you? There was a, a guy or two on every team like that. When I played, one of the guys I always thought was the strangest that used to bother me as a young player was Paul Baxter. He was just the dirtiest player. He was born again Christian, but uh, I wouldn't turn my back for a second against that guy. 
I believe he was called a, a self-righteous blank by one of the Oiler players who then proceeded to beat the Livins. It was, I think it was uh, Kevin McClellan. And I know that Rick Tockett dropped him. And uh, he, turtled, yeah. he turtled in Calgary. And Tockett hit him after he turtled, like landed another one. And I remember with Brian, uh, you know how tough Ben Wilson was. And Ben Wilson was tough. Oh, yeah. and, and Baxter had a really good left hand, and he popped Wilson, kind of suckered him at the start of a fight before Wilson knew they were going. And Wilson pulled himself up off the mat. The, the scrum ensued and then proceeded to crush Baxter at the end of the fight, and Baxter went full turtle again. So he got a sucker because yeah. he wasn't that big of a guy, right? Like Paul Baxter was, what, 5'11", mm-hmm. 195 maybe? Yeah, he was just incredibly dirty. Yeah. He was an incredibly dirty player. Yeah, and you know it's it's funny because Matthew Kachuk's a hell of a player. It has to be stated; he's a really good player. Is that hit that he makes? Is that something they need to take out of the game? I think it's something you need to look at. I mean, you 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 want to send clear messages about you know hockey is a violent sport. It's never going to be totally safe. Everybody accepts that. I mean, you're flying around, you're covering thirty feet in less than a second when you're going full speed. It's a full-contact sport. It's inherently dangerous. But the league has made a concerted effort to, number one, reduce fighting, which the numbers back up significantly that they've done that. And now they're on to the next phases as they clean up the game, like a lot of the other sports. I mean, football is still not where it probably wants to be, but it's significantly different than when it was just four, five, six, seven years ago. It does. It barely even resembles itself. Hockey is going through a phase like that, and those hits, in my opinion, are something that they continue to look at closely as we learn more and more about, you know, players and injuries to their head. And it makes sense. It's common sense. So we're moving in the right direction. Um, you know, I, uh, I was there. As a general manager back in 08, it's just it's a process to change things. But I'm very pleased with, um, you know, David Booth was a guy that was playing then, and I think Mike Richards got him coming across the middle. Destroyed his career. Very defenseless. Yeah, very defensive play. I was a general manager, not representing David at that time. Uh, but it was a hit I just didn't like. And, you know, it, it takes time for everybody to come to a consensus. It seemed obvious to me at that time, but it takes time to get everybody there that, yeah, we don't really want to see that. The the health of the athletes is critically important to the success of the National Hockey League, and uh, ultimately the right direction and right thoughts have prevailed. With this one between Zach Cassian and Matthew Kachuk, I do think when a player is down below the goal line engaged with another to come in and, and really pop them with a fierce blow is something that eventually will be out of the game. It'll just be an automatic penalty. How closely do, so, you, envision, do you envision, Brian, the league watching the next matchup between the Oilers and the Flames on the 29th of January? Very closely. I think everything will be scrutinized. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there's communication beforehand about that. Um, the NHL just does a better job. Those things used to happen all the time. and knew they were coming. It just seemed to still happen. Now I feel like 
the league is much more proactive in diffusing a lot of things. Were you and, with? Uh, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Were you with Minnesota when they had that brawl with Chicago? It depends which one you're talking about. Oh. I was in several, several throughout my career. I was in five times when we cleared the benches: Montreal, Chicago, Detroit. Um, it, it 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 seemed to happen not regularly, but Vancouver. You know, it just uh, those are crazy times. I thought that stuff was totally insane. When you got you know three three officials at that time on the ice and maybe eight fights going on, that that didn't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Uh, by the way, did you play with Jim Archibald, Josh Archibald's dad, Ryan? I did. He was not a timid. He was not a timid fellow, was he? No, he could hit absolutely like a freight train. He wasn't a big man either, but he he could hit hard. And Ron Priest, does that name sound familiar? I thought he was another sort of undersized adjective. Maybe I got the last name wrong. Uh, he was around many yeah. as well. Tough guy. Yep. All I, right. I remember that. We're going to switch focus to a second here. Were you a little bit surprised today? Like, has Gerard Gallant now been fired twice in sort of the most odd? Like, did you see that coming today with Vegas? Am I missing something there? I absolutely did not see that coming with Vegas. I had no word of it. Um, personally, I've been disappointed this year with Vegas. There's no doubt about that. But I also have another side of me where I don't rate their D as well as they've played, and yet they've got the job done. Um, and I don't have their team probably where management has them. I, I'm sure they're looking at the Pacific and saying, you know, there's a wide open opportunity there, and we're not capitalizing on it, and that's frustrating. But for me, it, this is more of an epidemic of the National Hockey League and how many teams believe that they should be. There, it's clear to me that there's 22 to 23 teams that believe they should be in the playoffs. It's clear to me that there's five to seven that are guaranteed to be in the playoffs by the quality of their team, and we could name those teams off very quickly, in my opinion. And I'm talking about the St. Louis's, Washington's, Boston's. I'd even put Pittsburgh in that category with the run they've been on. Tampa, uh, Dallas would be there, Colorado, those, those types of teams. And then after that, I think there's a grouping of four or five teams, and Edmonton would be in that, that have a likely chance to be in the playoffs, but by no stretch of the imagination a guarantee and then you've got a whole host of another eight to nine teams at least that think that they should be in the playoffs. And managers are frustrated. Ownership groups are frustrated. The league is so close, Bob, that on any, in any 10-day stretch, any one of the teams in that kind of third-tier grouping and even in the second-tier grouping, any one of those teams can win five in a row or lose five in a row by being just a little bit off of what their median level is. And we've seen that borne out time and time again this year by teams going on great runs or absolutely floundering. And to me, we have never seen it to this level. And that's what's causing so many coaches to be fired. 
the expectations are higher than ever, and they're not realistic that all these teams are going to make it, but it's not unrealistic to evaluate your team and say, we're right there. What more can we do? I'm 100% on board with you with Vegas and their defense. they got two guys that can move it. That's it. they got some pretty limited guys in the back end, and they spent a lot of money on wingers. Uh, they lost Colin Miller, another guy that can transition the puck. I think you need four to five these days, Brian. Uh, and yeah. Edmonton's only at about two and a half right now. Maybe by this time next year they might be at four. But right now they're about two and a half defensemen that can really move the puck. So I'm totally on board with you. Hey, Brian, thanks for your time. we got something for you to uh, listen to as we go to break, okay? Sounds good. Just for you. Twelve fifty-three in Hamilton. This is Oilers now. Double wide, quick stop, midnight tea top, Jack in a cherry coat town. Mama and Daddy put the roots right here, cause this is where the car broke down. Yaladon school bus kicking up red bus kicking us. Hi, this is Mike Smith from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on six thirty, Chet. Thanks, Mike. It's 12.57 in Edmonton. Guests on the show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Follow Sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Brendan, Maggie, and Taylor that Oilers Now sent you. Roos Chris, it's the greatest steak you've ever had. Got our Oilers Now road trip coming up to Chicago. Great U.S. city. This package includes great lower bowl game tickets as well as a welcome reception with myself and special guests. And we've had some great guests over the years, plus tours of Wrigley and Soldier Fields. For the Oilers Now Chicago Road Trip, call New West Travel, 780-432-7446, or go online at newwesttravel.com. Uh, hey, Bob and Brendan, loving the country music on today's show. Well, that was we played one song, right? That's uh, Edmonton and Calgary are the two big cities when it comes to country music. Maybe, uh, maybe Calgary's Brett Kissel wants to take on Edmonton's Gord Bramford. For the title? Doesn't Brett Kissel live like in Sherwood Park? He lives like three houses down from my broadcast partner, Jack Michaels. Like, is he not an Edmonton guy? That's what I thought, too. And in yeah. fact, like Elk Point or St. Paul, one of those small towns. He is a, yeah, he's a huge Oilers fan, Brett Kissel. So, uh, hey, I support both those guys. They're Albertans. We support them. Well, nothing wrong with having a little bit of fun in the Battle of Alberta, though, between the Oilers and the Flames. Vegas has overachieved since day one. This is closer to the team that they are. Well, for me, what changed for Vegas was going out and trading for Pacioretty and Mark Stone. I don't think they needed both. And they're wingers, and they're spending a lot of money on both guys. I think maybe just one would have made sense. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. When we come back on Oilers Now, David Staples from the Cult of Hockey. This is Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.